Welcome to the Dharma Spring. Yun said, there is nothing whatsoever that does not explain the Dharma. Striking the bell or beating the drum is no exception. Striking the bell. Beating the drum. Dharma, Dharma, yeah. Explaining the Dharma, no exception. If this is the case, nothing will be Dharma and nothing will not be. He added, one should not assert that when one speaks, it is, and that when one doesn't speak, it isn't. Even what I just said has not quite made it. <laughs> well, as long as it benefits people, it may be okay. With ellipsis, he trails off. Ah, he's wondering. He's in that place of between the it is and it isn't. Yeah, kind of embodying it, presenting it naturally effortlessly, authentically, as young men, yeah. As young men, just what young men is, not young men, the teacher, young men, the guy presenting something, he's just there being, yeah. <laughs> so this uh, nothing whatsoever, you know, not ex that does not explain the Dharma. Uh, something that comes up in various forms and again and again, we've encountered it a few times, you know, all sounds are sounds of the Dharma. We've had a koan a while ago, we've talked about groves of trees and water birds and all sorts of, you know, things out in the environment, preaching the Dharma, teaching the Dharma. Um, we had one, I think, some point, talked about the the mountains are the Buddha's body and the roaring stream, or not the roaring stream, just the, the, the river, the stream rolling by, that is his long, broad tongue, yeah. So we encounter again and again, everything is expressing the Dharma, is teaching the Dharma, explaining the Dharma, as it says here. Um, and in our meditation practice, as we sit and become still and quiet, we were listening. We're listening to the Dharma. <laughs> and it's in the form of the external things and bells and drums, if those are being struck like a, at a retreat. But we're also listening to our thoughts and our emotions, our states of mind. and. Um, the things we're going through we're listening to the dharma too there in our own experience of of those things and of what comes to meet us so really to say all things are the dharma includes all of our internal states or all of our joys our sorrows our griefs our delights our boring bland dry stretches of nothingness you know that's it too that's it too One of those things to investigate and check out, yeah. Listen, listen. But really the, the koan here isn't so much 
that's kind of almost like, well, that's a given. <laughs> He's just echoing it, emphasizing it. Okay, even those, even the bell, even the drum, don't forget, that's it too. Um, but it's almost like this is the given territory that's offered a lot, but the koan really is in this, it is or it isn't, or, you know, being and not being, the yes and the no of it, you know, Yudmin uh, saying, it can't be and it can't not be. It's between, or maybe not even between, beyond is and isn't. And, you know, when he brings up those portions of it, I go to exploring the territory of what happens when I say it is and what happens when I say it isn't. And then what happens if I set both of those aside, leave them behind, yeah? I was noticing, you know, if everything is preaching the Dharma and I say, yes, it is. Um, there's a sense of if I affirm it and say, yes, then I have something to maintain. <laughs> I have to maintain an understanding that, oh, that everything's preaching the Dharma. Yes, because I've lifted it up. I've raised it up into that yes place. Yeah. And if I'm in the other place of, well, if everything's a Dharma, I want to keep it equal. And I want to say nothing is a Dharma, so nothing is excluded, that kind of thing. We were kind of talking about that last week. Is, you know, once I say it is, I create the isn't. <laughs> and it kind of excludes things. So I might want to go the other direction and not, not say it is, and kind of say it isn't. Nothing is trying to include everything. But then, Instead of having to maintain something, I'm having to avoid something, I notice. If I say no, and I want to avoid naming anything as a teaching, as a generous offer, you know, to include everything, well, then I'm avoiding. I notice that. It's like, huh. And the activity shifts away from the thing and more to me and my, I guess I'm maintaining the avoidance. <laughs> versus maintaining the affirmation. And it feels there's a separation and a disconnect that I can feel when I'm doing either of those because it's me and the thing that's happening. And by affirming or denying, I separate myself from it and then have to maintain that relationship of affirmation or negation. Um, I also notice you know, we can lean really far in the, oh yes, everything is the Dharma direction. You know, we can lean over there and um, make things kind of sickly sweet <laughs> is what comes to mind. Everything is the Dharma. I could say it like that. Everything's preaching the Dharma. And that's another attitude to maintain, but it adds a little more sugar and uh, syrup. <laughs> it feels kind of like that. And I notice when I say it, I, I kind of want to roll my eyes at myself. I'm like, oh, God, don't be like that. <laughs> you know, ugh, everything's a dharma. But if I say it like that, then, you know, I'm imbuing it with some kind of mystical, magical, um, almost feels naive, yeah, to do something like that. And that would be another thing to maintain. 
But I notice in the other direction, if I go in the negating, going to, it isn't, not, not claiming a single thing, the distance becomes one of just kind of a avoiding letting things have expression and have their own life. It's kind of like maintaining this equilibrium of nothing is, therefore everything is, but it's kind of lifeless and emotionless when I do that. It's like I'm, again, there's a separation I feel. Uh, even when it's like, oh, everything's a dharma, there's a separation because it's like, I'm layering that on top of what's actually happening, slathering it on. So this whole thing of it neither is nor isn't, it cannot be and cannot not be, is, it's not, I think, becoming more intimate with what actually is happening. Yeah. It's like, don't worry about affirming it or categorizing it or denying it and getting a hold of it or keeping it at bay become intimate with it, become direct with it, and don't worry about calling it yes, this, no, that. Just be with it, yeah. So we have a, I have a couple of stories of stuff like this happening, people bringing these things up. Um, exploring that realm of it is or it isn't, yeah. So this one comes from the Blue Cliff record from uh, the teacher Toza and student, a student who asked Toza, all sounds are Buddha sounds, right or wrong? Here we go, yes or no, right? Wrong, all sounds are Buddha sounds, right or wrong? Right, said Toza. The student said, teacher, doesn't your asshole make farting sounds? With this idea of even that, you know, all sounds, but your asshole makes farting sounds. Come on. And Toza hit him. Then the student said, rough words and elegant words. Or I have a different translation. Let's see. Rude words and polite words. So rough and elegant, rude and polite. So the student said, rude words and polite words all lead to the fundamental truth, right or wrong. Yeah. Right, said Toza. Teacher. Can I call you a jackass? Toza hit him. <laughs> and so we have this you know, teacher hitting the student thing where sometimes you could say, oh, he hit him because he did something wrong or he didn't like what he said or something like that. That's really not the flavor of this hitting, I don't think. Um, I think he's dealing with that separation thing that I was talking about. He's trying to say, come here, be with this right now. And this stick hitting you, is that yes or no? Where does that exist? Is it or isn't it? <laughs> being or not being? Because you can hear, you know, the student playing around with this. Oh, let me get that back up here. Um, you can hear, you can feel the kind of separation, right? He's playing with the ideas and he's not fully necessarily into the experience. And I think it's mainly because he keeps asking things instead of just doing them, yeah. 
And you can see in here in his, in his asking that he's separate from it. He's not intimate with it. Like, doesn't your asshole make farting sounds? He's analyzing, you know, I guess the thing to do would be just a <laughs> if he had to, and then, then see what happens. He might still get hit. I don't know. But that would be just expressing it instead of thinking about it and wondering and saying, yeah, yeah, but what about this? And then, may I call you a jackass? Well, you're asking permission rather than just saying jackass. <laughs> and so you can feel the students kind of outside, kind of separate from things and Toza hitting him, trying to break through that. You could almost also feel that he's getting stuck in the, the, the oneness of things. Well, if all teachings are just what, you know, all sounds are Buddha sounds, then it doesn't matter, right? Maybe in the second one. Can I call you a jackass? It doesn't matter. And um, yeah, kind of in the philosophical separation, thinking about it, not fully yet in it, not yet fully in it. So Toza is hitting him to kind of say, come closer, be your life, be real, be intimate with this, yeah. And the students kind of in that also realm of yes or no, he's trying to dance between the yes and the no. And by dancing between them, he's stuck in the in-between. He's not yet going beyond um, to the place that's vast and wide beneath or you know, above and beyond, spreading out. That hit from Toza seems to be, again, an invitation to set it all down, be right here. Can you say yes or no to this? And this kind of thing comes up in a few other places in the koan territory where there's a few instances where somebody will say something such as oh sitting here this is the most wonderful thing in the world just being here and the other person will say oh yes but it's a pity to say so <laughs> it's like, yes that's true but once you say so there's separation what a pity yeah and that seems to be this, the kind of play that's happening with Toza and the student. Yes, it, this is true, but to say so and to make it into a thing and, and present it and play with it in this, such a way doesn't feel intimate and alive and it's a pity to do such things, so I hit you. Yes, yes, this is all it, but a pity to say so. Hmm. So then we have... Um, Again, that intimacy of just letting things speak for themselves really is what happens when we can drop the, is this it? Is this not it? Or our yeses and our noes to the things arising within us, coming from around us, coming to meet us and we can meet them intimately without having the filter of is this or isn't this? or to have the shellac of it all is, <laughs> or the distance of it all isn't, yeah. This kind of um, enters into the territory from 
Bodhidharma meeting Emperor Wu. And when Emperor Wu asks one question, what's the, what's the first principle of the holy teachings? Bodhidharma says, vast emptiness, nothing holy. Yeah. He's entering into that territory of not saying it is all holy. And nothing holy. <laughs> um, the reverse way of kind of affirming it's all holy, all sacred, but a pity to say so. Anyway, there's that territory that is invited by Bodhidharma by not affirming a first principle of a holy teaching. It's trying to crack into that place of let everything speak for itself and there is holy or not holy or, you know, step outside of that. Yeah, it broadens the territory. Often a thing in Zen, going, taking the negative as a place of opening up to something more full and more rich than what we can do with our categories and namings and neg negations and affirmations. Um, so Yun-Min expresses this view in another way that, um, in this book that I'm drawing from, it's just, it's pretty close to this other one that we've been hanging out with. So he must've been at this point in time really exploring uh, the naming of things, the affirming of things, the categorizing of things and dropping that away and going beyond that. Um, kind of had it with last week. Can we get rid of the word Chan and can we break through the word Tao? So this seems like an extension of that. So there's what he said around the same period of time as he said the thing about is and isn't and everything like that. I used to say that all sounds are the Buddha's voice, all shapes are the Buddha's form, and that the whole world is the Dharma body. Thus, I quite pointlessly produced views that fit into the category of Buddhist teaching. <laughs> He's like, yeah, in looking at the way I taught, I used to do all this stuff. And then I produced views that fit into categories and then you can grab onto these views and you know, there's that not quite as intimate feeling. So thus I quite pointlessly produce views that fit into the category of Buddhist teaching. Right now, at this time, these days, right now, when I see a staff, I just call it staff. And when I see a house, I just call it house. <laughs> not Dharma staff, not Dharma house. Um, not laying something on top of it and not doing the, let it all be part of one thing and be lifeless. He's allowing it to have its own life. The staff as a staff the house as a house. And that's where that intimacy comes in. Letting things be what they are and speak for themselves and speaking for myself, being what I am as well in turn. No, you know, no added spice, no added spin, no added flavor. Staff, house, hot, 
Right. <laughs> and then we can, with all those things that we listen to and encounter in our meditations, I was saying earlier, in our internal states, our emotions, allow them to speak for themselves their dharma teaching without calling it dharma teaching you just the grief is heavy and thick joy is light and energizing yeah meeting that letting it be again speaking for itself then we respond and embody it in turn as ourselves yeah so that's that place that place, I don't know if you can call it that place because that categorizes it, limits it, but it speaks to the, to the territory of not is, not isn't, not being, not not being, yeah? Just staff, house, joy, sorrow, heat, because it's hot today, <laughs> yeah? Birds, train horns, or whistles, I think that's what you call it. a train whistle. That's what I hear. <laughs> and that's interesting too. You know, we have that separate statement that uh, I just offered from a young man. But in a way, when you look at this koan we've been hanging out with, at the end, when he's like, even what I just said has not quite made it. Well, as long as it benefits people, it may be okay. You can kind of... Um, feel that he's been just presenting that intimate view this whole time. Almost as if he's just talking to himself and wondering about this, he happened to do it in front of a whole bunch of people. But, you know, imagine him, be him, be you, just sitting here. There's nothing whatsoever that does not explain the Dharma. In your own experience, you find this. In your practice, you find that Trees speak, emotions speak. Other people and your relationships with them, whether they're joyful or times of tension um, and disconnect, that's speaking, that's teaching. So in your own experience, in his own experience, he's noticing there's nothing whatsoever that does not explain the Dharma. There's nowhere I can turn, nowhere I can be that isn't connected to something that's teaching me helping me. I'm listening, listening, yes. And maybe, you know, striking the bell or beating the drum is no exception. Maybe those are the activities he had just been doing. He's like, yes, even this, it's right here. And he's, you can feel the intimacy of, oh, it's happening right now. As I strike the bell, as I beat the drum, no exception. And it's occurring to him, well, if this is the case, in that intimate, alive connection, Nothing will be Dharma. Nothing will not be. In other words, he's finding, I can't pin it down. I can't say it is the Dharma. Yet I'm so intimately connected to it. Nothing is not it. It's beyond the naming it and pinning it down and getting a hold of it. Yeah. One should not assert that when one speaks, it is. And that when one doesn't speak, it isn't. And then he goes right away to not really sure he's, he's in the is and isn't 
um, you know, the dancing between the two and then beyond them. Even what I just said has not quite made it. Yeah, it, it's there. I said it, but no, nah, it's not quite there. Of course not. You can't pin it down. You can't grab a hold of it, categorize it. Well, as long as it benefits people, it may be okay. And then it trails off. There he is living it, right? He is being young men. The way that staff is staff and house is house. Young men, young men. Well, I have to say stuff. Maybe I'm a teacher. I speak these things and it's no good to say this is it. And it's no good to say this isn't it. And even what I'm saying right now, I'm not sure about it, but maybe it, if, as long as it benefits people, maybe <laughs> you can kind of hear the maybe and, and his intimate relationship with it rolls on and rolls on just like ours does. Yeah. Does it benefit people? I don't know. We have this, it benefited us. Maybe it, it gave us something to hang out with this week. <laughs> it gave me some words to offer in this talk and some territory to explore and even to say, oh, I benefited from this seems to reduce it and make it smaller than what it is. But that's okay. I feel like there's some kind of benefit that's happened here. I can't name it. So yeah, you get the sense with your men there at the end doing that. He's still working it out. He's still intimate with it and wondering and exploring it. And um, just like we all are. Yeah. And then that extends out to all these things expressing themselves. The bell, the drum, our griefs and joys, all that. Everything is still working itself out, just like young men. And so there's no need to pin it down within ourselves or expect it of other things or to think that it's our job to pin it down. What we really get to do is allow space for everything to be what it is, expressing itself as it is, still working it out just as we are, yeah. And I could just go on and on and ramble like this with the ellipsis at the end of every sentence, wondering, wondering, wondering. And um, there's a seamlessness to that. And that's how it comes along, seamlessly, effortlessly, continuously rolling along this non-dharma dharma everything teaching and explaining it yet never using it up never explaining it completely never getting it aha done because well how could it ever be done <laughs>